and today we're watching Halloween 1978. But before we start, Kennedy, why don't you give them a quick plot rundown? On Halloween night 1963, six-year-old Michael Myers brutally murders his 17-year-old sister, Judith. He was sentenced and locked away for 15 years, but on October 30th, 1978, while being transferred, a 21-year-old Michael Myers steals a car and escapes Smith's Grove. He returns to his quiet hometown of Haddonfield, Illinois, where he looks for his next victims. So, Halloween 1978. I guess we should both say up front that we've both seen this, seen this movie before. I've seen it several times, several times over the years. It's actually the first horror movie I ever saw with my grandmother when I was like five years old. And it's the whole reason I love horror movies. What about you? Yeah, so, like I've said before, like, I only recently got into horror, like, in 2017. That's when I started watching, like, the Friday th the 13th movies, Children of the Corn, Friday, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. But Halloween is one of those few movies that I actually saw when I was a child. I remember my, we were coming back from uh, a Kmart. I must have been like five years old or, or six years old. My sister was coming home. We She had bought Halloween, the VHS tape. And I didn't know anything better, so I saw Halloween. So I thought it was going to be like a kid's movie because I didn't know anything better at the time. I just thought Halloween, candy, costumes, awesome. And like instantly... It's definitely kid-friendly. Well, compared to... It's, not, it's definitely not as vulgar as like more modern movies, but like... Uh, I just remember from the moment that she played, put the VHS tape into like the or CRT TV, and the music just hits. I knew I got so scared. I immediately knew like, wait, hold on, what the? I was I was so scared. I was like, what is going on? I remember hiding under our table. I don't know why, but I knew instantly like, oh, this is gonna, this is a scary movie. This isn't what I thought it was gonna be. So yeah, and then ever since then, ever since then, I've always my biggest fear has always been Michael Myers. Like, I could just be sleeping, chilling, like, on my bed, ready to go to sleep. And then I just think of Michael Myers' mask, or just him stalking or something. And I and I have to be on my phone for, like, half an hour, just, like, watching random videos to take my mind off it. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely a character that scarred my mind. Yeah, I've been hooked since the first movie. I've been hooked since the opening scene. And that's how about the opening scene. It starts with someone's outside, and they walk around the house, and they peer in. And then you see two teenagers making out. You see, um, uh, what's her name? Judith Myers, played by Sadie Johnson, and her boyfriend. And they're making out, and they make their way upstairs. And the person we're seeing POV style is walking around, walking into the kitchen. You know, they, they watch her boyfriend leave. And... He was only up there for like a minute. Like they went upstairs to have sex and he came back down like <laughs> two minutes later. I'm like, did you even take your like what happened? But he leaves and then still POV style. We see someone going upstairs. Well, not going upstairs. He went to the kitchen, got a knife. We saw them pick up a mask, put the mask on. And I love the little like how they made put the mask over the camera. That was a cool. Yeah. And then they make their way upstairs, and when they walk into the room, she just screams. Naked. Getting stabbed nakedly. 
But I love how the entire time the killer is watching the knife and not watching like the person that he's killing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we watch the person walk out and we see these two people pull up in the car. They approach and take off the mask and it's a little kid. It's six-year-old Michael Myers played by William Sand- Will Sandon. And I was like, holy shit. It was a kid who just murdered his sister. I imagine how audiences at that time felt, because obviously, like, the promotional work, like, I, like obviously at that time, like, people couldn't use YouTube to watch trailers or something, so I wonder if people saw, like, oh, is the killer in this movie dead-ass a little kid? Well, I saw yeah. the trailer, and the trailer for the movie is, it doesn't show any of the opening scene with um, little Michael and Judith, and then it, um, it shows... When he's like, when Lori's like being on the door and it's like, Tommy, let me in. And he's behind her. They show that. They show when Tommy sees him carrying um, the girl from the garage to the house. And then they like, you know, that last part of the movie where it's just like Michael breathing heavily. And it like showing all the different places. That's the trailer. So it's very. Oh, okay. So back then when trailers pretty much showed you nothing is what. It's how I prefer it. It, like, showed you enough to be like, oh, shit. But they didn't, like, show you too much. And I was going to say, well, the concept of a killer kid wasn't, like, like, new. I mean, the Omen had already been out for, like, two years before, mm-hmm. before Halloween came out. And that was a killer kid. Not to mention... I'm pretty sure there had to be other movies where, like, there were, like, murderous devil children before Halloween. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But I'm pretty... I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure when Children of the Corn came out, if it came out I before. think Children of the Corn came out after. Children of the Corn, Linda Hamilton. No, I think that was probably that was probably after, right, Children? What is it? I, think, I actually think that was, like... Oh, it was. It was 84. Okay. 84. But then we go from that, and then we flash to... Is that when we flash to Loomis? We flash to Loomis in the car, and he's driving yeah, with the nurse on their way to pick up uh, Michael from the mental institution. To be honest, when I first saw Dr. Loomis played by um, Donald Pleasance, I was like, oh my god, what is Blofeld doing in this movie? <laughs> I never actually seen. Is that from Goldeneye? Or no, that's not Goldeneye. Doctor No. That's also not Doctor No. Doctor No is the very first um, James Bond movie. I thought Wait, so... I thought you watched all the James Bond movies. Have you not watched all the James Bond movies? I only seen the more recent ones. It's Thunderball. Because Thunderball is the first time you see. Um, I think it's Thunderball. It might not be Thunderball. Now I feel dumb. But I could have sworn it's not Thunderball. But I that think... movie came. That, that movie came out before Halloween, then. Ah, uh, yeah, he was already known as being um, Blofeld before. Ah, mm. uh, yeah, uh, he was Blofeld, and you only live twice. 
you only lived twice was the first time you actually saw Blofeld because and he wasn't in the first one and then in movie two, three, and four you only saw like his hand stroking the cat, no face. So and you only lived twice was the first time you saw Blofeld. And that's Donald Pleasant's only time playing Blofeld, but he's like who everyone thinks of when they think of classic Blofeld. Oh, um, You Only Live Twice was the first time you saw Donald Pleasance as Blofeld. That was the fifth James Bond movie. It came out in 1967, so pretty much a whole decade before he became Dr. Loomis. And oh, that was, a whole decade. Oh, and that yeah. was like, yeah. Jesus Christ, that's Blofeld. Which I didn't know when I watched the movie originally, but having... Recently, within the last like six months, actually, no, last year during the pandemic, I watched all main James Bond movies. I didn't watch the two like non canon ones. What role is Donald Pleasant more famous for? For Blofeld or for Dr. Lewis? Both. It's both. They it's always. Equally. It's equally both. Even though he's only Blofeld once, he's the most iconic. His one, two punches. Actually, he has three roles. It's. He was the president and the escape from franchise. And then he was Dr. Loomis and he was Blofeld. Those are his three main recognitions. Oh, cool. Yeah, for me, it's just Loomis because I haven't seen, watched as far back as that, those those John Bond films. But Well, we're going to be watching them at some point for this podcast, so mm. get ready. But only the main ones. I don't. We don't have time to watch those. That one weird um, Casino Royale movie, or that other never, never something. Never say never again. We don't have to yeah. watch those two. No. But then he's in the car, so we see Pleasance. Not Pleasance. We see Loomis in the car with um, Nurse Miriam Chambers, who yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy that she's coming back for the um, Halloween Kills because I would feel like we never get enough of her. She was played by Nancy Stevens. Yeah, and, she actually was one of the few people. So she was in Halloween one, she was Halloween in, two, she, and, H2O. and then she actually came back in H two O. Yeah, which was really cool. Yeah. Listen, I I love H two O. But I, I, I do too. But I love, I love that how she's in the car and she's like, "Do they normally let, the, let them just like walk around like this? <laughs> like, of course they don't. It's a sanitarium." She's like, "Jesus Christ!" She's like, "What the hell is going on?" And Loomis is like, "Stay back here in the car." And I'm like, "If you get out this car, I'm getting out this car with you because now I'm back here and you're in front of me. So if someone comes behind and gets me, you can't help." Which is kind of happened because Michael like hopped up on the car and it made some weird sound yeah it made that weird sound and i'm just like what the hell is this weird sci-fi like cute like what the hell because he just jumped on the car (laughs) yeah and i don't care how hard he hit one little slam on a window does it would not break that window glass but whatever it's it's michael myers so then he gets the car and he just like pulls off he's gone from here the evil is gone. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. It's 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 happening. And then it cuts to Laurie Strode, played by the great Jamie Lee Curtis. We're now in Haddonfield. We see her with her father. They have a quick little like 
conversation. Don't forget to drop the key off at the Myers place. I won't. They're coming by to look at the house at 10.30. Be sure to leave it under the mat. Promise. And then we never see her father again. Like, ever, ever in this entire series, we never see her father. The Strodes, right? We never see her mother at all, depending on which version of this movie you watch. If you watch the original theatrical version, you never see her mother. If you watch the the made-for-TV version, they add some, like, weird flashback clips in there, which helps you when you're watching Halloween 2. But I won't give anything away now. So... When you first... Which, by the way, I still have yet to see, like, the TV version. It just gives you... It just has a couple more clips um, to help set up the twist in part two. Oh. That's it. Cause so were those... Uh, oh, sh- those were added while they were filming part two. Uh, part two? Oh. Yeah, because okay. they had just, like, um, given people the rights to have it air on TV. But since they had to cut out most of the nudity and most of like the um some of the um, like the blood and violence they had to like add more stuff to like give it the, ac- the actual runtime yeah yeah okay yeah i heard that they had to add scenes for the runtime but I, I didn't know it was because they cut out yeah other stuff mm-hmm. so when you first meet lori what, what, what were your thoughts did you think like okay this is who we're going to be following yeah i mean in hindsight you think of her as like the badass uh the badass uh, final girl survivor. Uh, she's like she's shy. All the all the tropes, you know. She's shy. Uh, does it like wants the to go tropes to the prom. that started with this movie? Did it actually like? Uh... Yeah, most of the tropes that that happened start with the movie because before this, it was just everything was gothic horror movies like Dracula, Frankenstein. Oh, okay. And then you had like. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but all those kids sucked in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They were all pot smoking, yeah, super sexual. The the one person that I thought you were supposed to feel sorry for, which was the guy in the wheelchair, he was a dick. And he was annoying. No sympathy for that guy. So everyone in there, there was like no like archetype. Everyone was like Ass. Oh, and in the Texas Chainsaw, yeah, I yeah. feel like yeah, yeah, and then yeah. with um, Psycho, it was there was no like there was no one to like latch on to besides Norman Bates and Psycho. So yeah, yeah this was the first time where all these came together or came from essentially. But yeah, definitely, Laura's character is, a, is I feel in my opinion a lot more relatable than the other students that just want to have sex and stuff and. See, now, I, I find them more relatable because I was that guy in high school. Well, yeah, because that's you. And I knew people who were who were like that in high school. But then to that same thing, I knew people like Laurie Strode because that was you in high school. Yeah, well, but that was me. When I first saw Laurie, I thought she's going to die right here because... Up until that point, I thought it was all going to be told from Michael's point of view. We we're going to be watching him kill and stalk people. I thought it was going to be like, we follow Michael killing people, and then we follow Loomis hunting him down. That's what I thought we were going to be getting. Uh, and yeah. then I was like, oh, no, it's 
it's the op it's it's actually there's a final girl involved this is a three-part story not a two-part story okay now then it finally set in and then nothing really happened i was kind of they showed some stuff with you meet the people she's babysitting now you um you meet little Tommy Doyle, played by Brian Andrews. You you meet Sheriff Brackett, played by Charles Cipher. You meet Annie Brackett, played by Nancy Loomis. You meet Linda Van Der Cloak, played by PJ Souls, who I'm a big fan of. I think I've seen most of um, PJ Souls' movies. She's been in a bunch. She's that's she's Linda. Um, yeah, she's Linda. I, I think you might have, you might have come across some PJ Souls movies and just did not, did not, um, know it was her. Well, I know, well, I know I've seen some PJ Souls movies because I, I watch a lot of 80s movies. So I've seen her in Rock and Roll High School. I've seen Breakaway. I've seen Medevil's Rejects. I've seen Tooth Fairy. I've seen, um, well, Halloween 2018. She was in that movie. And the new. She, she was the teacher in the classroom. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Dude, I did not know that. Quick little cameo. But yeah. I mean, because she doesn't really look the same. So they definitely got away with. Having her in a cameo. Dude, I had no idea. Yeah, so you meet all these characters and their boyfriends, and you kind of follow them around. I mean, you, you, the same time you're meeting Lori and her friends, you're also you're seeing Dr. Loomis. He's making calls, and he's like, we have to find Michael. He's going back to Haddonfield. And he comes upon a dead body. Michael took his clothes, his, his famous... Um, mechanic suit uh we found out that michael break broke into a an all-in-one store hi dad what happened what what happened oh uh, somebody broke into the hardware store probably kids you blame everything on kids well, now all they took was some halloween mask a rope and a couple of knives michael got a mask from the hardware store and then it's just more Watching Lori and her friends, and Michael, and watching Michael, Lori, and her friends, and I love how when Dr. Loomis finally gets into town, he's talking to Brackett, and Brackett's like, I don't think, I don't think your guy is here, and Dr. Loomis is like, he's here somewhere, and then off behind, you see the car that Michael's driving, like, stop at the stop sign, and then go. And Dapalumas never fucking notices. Which is literally literally a troll by by Michael there. The modern day teabag. Uh I and I guess that, that scene was there. I think I've seen people talk about how like that's just kind of there to show that Michael's always always watching, he's always lurking in the background and you never know. Uh but yeah. Uh, I had a thought in my head. I, I, I and the fact that he can drive, and after, even though he's been locked up since he was like six, and Loomis yeah. is like, Sam, hadn't 
Bloomfield is 150 miles away from here. Now, now, for God's sakes, he can't drive a car. He was doing very well last night. Maybe someone around here gave him lessons. Which is a throwaway line, but I, they bring it back for a in the franchise, which I was like, okay. My man's is also is actually using his blinker and and stopping, you know. Well, if a, you if you were a criminal on the run, you wouldn't want to draw attention to yourself by being a crazy driver. Like you follow all the rules when you're on the run or trying to be incognito. You know, come to think about it, I can see why people kind of complained about that. It, it is kind of dumb. I mean, it's 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 the last thing to worry about, but it is kind of like, yeah, how 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 did he? How does he know how to drive so good? It took them a decade, decade and a half, but they finally explained it. Well, they don't explain it, but when you get to part six you, and you, you figure get out... A sort of, yeah, you get sort of an explanation. You're like, okay, six. well, this person obviously taught him how to drive because they were with him. So, But then after spending a whole Halloween day stalking Lori and her friends and avoiding... Loomis, we finally get to Halloween night, and Lori's babysitting Tommy Doyle, while her friend Annie is across the street babysitting Lindsay Wallace, played by Kyle Richards, who was also going to be reprising her role in the new Halloween Kills. And their friend Linda has a date with her boyfriend Bob, and they're all going to like meet up and everything. My favorite, yeah, but actually, I skipped the part. But my favorite part is when three girls are walking and they see Michael in the distance, and Lori's like, What's that? But then by the time Annie and Linda look up, he's gone. Who's standing right there? Oh, Lori, scared another one away. Which gives more to his like creeping and disappearing act, which I love throughout the movie. Well, even earlier, right? Uh, when Michael uh, and Lonnie encounter each other. Oh, yeah. Uh, he Because he, they, they were picking on Tommy. They made him break his pumpkin. And then Lonnie runs. And then he grabs Lonnie. Lonnie will also be in the new Halloween. Yeah, Halloween kills. Uh, yeah. He, his son was in Halloween his, 2018. Yeah, his, his son was Allison's... Uh, Boyfriend. Boyfriend, so... Yeah, so I assume we're going to see more of that. And I've, over, I've already seen something, I won't say, but I've already seen like set a set stuff, set stuff from I haven't. I saw like movie. I saw the first 15, if I saw the first like minute of the trailer and it stopped cuz I was like this already told me too much. I haven't read any besides knowing who's going to be Actually, in it. Actually, yes, I agree with you. I think uh I would have liked what? to have not known as much. I only saw when the first fireman um approached, I didn't see Anything after that, I was like, nope, I'm good. I don't want to know what happens next. So I don't know. Besides knowing who's going to be in it, well, the I don't fireman know thing. Else. I, I think the fireman else. thing. I think that was kind of expected because it's like, well, their firefighters are going that way, and he and he has to escape. So it kind of makes sense that he's going to do his yeah, thing. Yeah, but I, besides that one, but, the rest, but the rest, like you said, like they show way too much. Like you that's, could clearly. That's why I don't watch. Tra- I watch teasers, and that's it. I never watch a trailer. I can't. Yeah. Unless I'm in theaters and I have no choice. I never watched trailers because they gave away too much nowadays. So I only saw when the first fireman like reached to help him. And that was all I saw. 
Oh, so you haven't seen the full trailer. Okay, no. so yeah, I won't say anything. I won't say anything. I never will. I'll, I only watch the trailers after I watch after the movie. After you see the movie? Oh, you're... Wait. And then, uh, and then, we, then we go to... Well, Lori's now with her friend, Annie. And they're talking about a dance and everything. And Annie's trying to set her up. But she's like, I would rather go with Ben Tramer. And they talk about Ben Tramer. And then it's dropped. And no one mentioned a Ben Tramer. Until later, now. until later on in the movie, because right. um, then we now we're down there babysitting again, and Laura's still kind of like on edge about what she saw. Because now, now they're babysitting, and Loomis is still looking for for uh, Michael all the time. I mean, he's he's going to the graveyard where he, where they found that his he took his sister Judith's um, gravestone, which they never really explained why he did he did that, but. That happened. He went to the the hardware store. He just been around, just like looking for him, but nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. And then okay, so now it's Halloween night, and the girls are babysitting. But while they're babysitting, we see Doctor Loomis is back with Sheriff Brackett, and they go to the old. Um, they go to Michael Myers' old house, which is which is abandoned and it's like a creepy house in the neighborhood. But it definitely has a very creepy vibe to it, right? The, yeah, like, the, the music is, like, very somber and creepy. So, basically, they head into the house. They see the dead dog. Mm-hmm. Or squirrel or whatever. I guess it was a dog. It was a dog. It, it was, like, also, like, a little fireplace going, so he got a little cold. <laughs> so, it looks like Michael still gets a little chilly, too, sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, they, there's a... It, there's definitely a very creepy vibe to the house. I mean, if you were in their shoes, like, you don't know if Michael is still in there. Because, mm-hmm. the, you know, this dude is, like, no noise, you know, stalks you from the closet, waiting to jump at And because the, right the time. fire is still going, he's probably, you never know, like, when exactly did he leave. Yeah. And then and then that's when you get it, when they reach the second floor, that's when you get the jump scare. Startles, uh... Startles Loomis because then he takes out like his revolver. Yeah. I... And it's when they enter Judith's bedrooms when Loomis tells Brackett all of Michael Myers' history. I met this six year old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him. And then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. And then after after that speech, which I have to say, the most iconic speech in the entire movie. The entire franchise. And the entire like, franchise. The way he yeah. looks, the way he says it, and then when they cut to like Brackett's reaction shot, it's like this is this is deep. I I mean that speech like kinda kinda lets the audience know, like Michael's Look, not to Michael be Myers with. isn't any regular person. He's the shape. Because at he's this point, shape. I mean, in this movie, he's still referred to as the shape. He's not yeah. Michael Myers. Um, then we just go back to the Doyle house. Um, Lori gets a call from Annie. And they're talking about how Annie just matched her with Ben Tramer. You know, she did a little, little, little matchmaking. Lori is nervous but excited. But, you know, she hangs up. And while during all this, during the whole conversation, Tommy looks outside and he sees the shape. I forgot, was he watching the Doyle house or was he watching the Wallace house? I forgot, but he he saw Michael 
watching somebody's house. And he goes to tell Laura. Yeah, typical teenage uh, people skepticism. Yep. Like, I don't believe you at all. And I, I told you this when we were watching last night. This entire time, Tommy was seeing everything, but no one believed him. And if if Lori believed him just once, most or all her friends could still be alive. I wonder if that'll come up in the next movie. I wonder if he'll I, be like... I feel like he, sh he should say something like, well, bitch, I told you I saw the boogeyman at at Lindsay's house. I told you I saw him yeah. again and you didn't believe me. You could have saved Annie. You could have saved Lindsay. You could have sound the alarm a long time ago. So then speaking of Lindsay's house, we go to Lindsay's house where Annie's at watching her. Um, Annie's like making popcorn for Lindsay and she spills butter on herself and... She has to go all the way to the garage to do our laundry, which I'm like, you're in the Midwest. Why isn't your laundry in the basement? But then I remember, yes, this movie is set in Illinois, but it was filmed in California. And because California has earthquakes, they don't have basements. Oh, really? That's that why they don't have basements? Yeah. You, yeah. Would you want to be in a basement during an earthquake? Everything's going to fall on top of you. That's on why. Top of you? Yeah, I yeah. can see that. Yeah, they don't have um, basements because of that. There's no no basements allowed. They barely have underground parking garages because for that same reason. So she's doing her laundry, and while she while she's doing her laundry, we we see. Well, she gets she locks herself into the laundry room, and we see Michael like in the background outside of the laundry um little garage area, and then when you're looking at her, he just keeps looking. But when she turns around, he's gone. And she climbs out the window, and I'm thinking, oh my god, he's going to get her then. But she gets stuck. I'm like, she's stuck. This is a perfect opportunity. He's going to get her. But he doesn't. Except we, we go back into the house where um, Annie's boyfriend calls, and Lindsay picks up the phone, and then Lindsay runs out to go get Annie, and she helps Annie get unstuck from the window. And I was like, why didn't he kill her then? But I guess... Her being trapped like a mouse wouldn't have been fun for her. He he wasn't able to set up the set up the way he wants to be, so it wasn't wouldn't have been a fun kill for him. I think he likes to enjoy the chase. It's uh, it's it's, it's just simply a brilliant sequence because it's meant to make you think like, oh, he's gonna kill her here at any point. It's literally set up so for him to kill her here. But it just it works to just continue to build ten tension. Shows that Michael is kind of kind of likes to play around before he kills. He likes to set the scene. People. Her being yeah. stuck in the window wasn't by his design. That's because she was dumb. But later, yeah. <laughs> later when she drops off Lindsay at um, Tommy's house, so Tommy and Lindsay can be together, and so Laurie can watch them both, and she's able to like sneak off with her boyfriend. She goes. To the garage to open the car door but it's locked she doesn't have the keys she then goes back into the house find the keys and here i'm like okay okay she's gonna she's gonna die here but no she goes she finds yeah. the keys she goes back into the garage and she reaches for the door and it opens and right there i'm like jesus no 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 you don't remember that 
the whole purpose of why you went to the house because the door was locked but now it's open this is a red flag red flag but she doesn't she gets in the car closes the door and notice that there's fog because someone's been breathing inside the car and before she has a chance to actually think about it he pops out and get her now if i'm not mistaken this is like only the third kill of the movie but this is only the second one we saw on on the screen right no yeah it is yeah because uh, we saw him kill judith and then with the um the mechanic we never actually saw the mechanic besides like his legs but we didn't see him kill the mechanic so yeah annie's the third kill in the entire annie's the third kill in the second one that we see and that was i didn't feel because they were setting up all the tension and all the little like jump scares i never felt bored or like waiting for the kill it was like a oh wait no he has he does have four kills because he kills the dog remember are we gonna are we counting the dog yeah we're counting that dog okay that well, <laughs> it's, well it's five then because he killed Lindsay's it's a dog i don't know what breed it was he I don't killed know. he killed Lindsay's dog and but he also ate a dog before that so it's five then if you if we're counting the dogs it's five. those poor dogs man he ate one and just killed the other one because it was barking too much Literally just choked the hell out of it. We were we, we were joking while we were watching it. This dude has like two hundred pounds of like grip strength. He, he has to have something. It was like no struggle at all. He was working his ass off at the sanitarium. He was preparing for this. Yeah. But meanwhile, you know, Loomis is still watching over the Myers house. Uh, Lonnie, his friends, like pop up and try to like dare each other to go in, and as we get the the next famous line. And then they run off, and then that's a bracket pops up, and they talk about the headstone, but bracket's like, nah, it's just a Halloween prank. Yeah. And then we go back to um, the Wallace house, because Linda and her boyfriend Bob just pulled up, and they're like, they've been drinking a little bit, they're planning on having sex. And Lindsay's house, which I don't get. I'm like, um, do you guys not have houses you can sneak around and have sex in? You can have sex in your car, but you're going to instead go have sex in not your friend's house, but the house that your friend is babysitting at? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah, when you brought that up, I was like, hmm. So Linda and Bob go in. And they're just like, where's Lindsay? Where's Annie? They sit around a little bit. They like lay on the couch, get comfy. Still not really knowing what the hell's going on. They, um, Linda calls Lori to see if they know where Annie is. Lori's still under the impression that Annie went off to her to a date with her boyfriend and not knowing that Annie was just murdered. And that Lindsay is with her. Linda tells Bob, like, Annie and Lindsay are gone. We have the house to ourselves. So they rush up to the master bedroom. To the master bedroom. They went to go have sex in Lindsay's parents' bedroom. I'm like, you could have just had sex on the couch. Like, why on these people's, like, bed? Like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Don't do that, people. Don't have sex in someone else's bed. No one wants to be laying in juices that are not theirs. Okay? That's... <laughs> So, they're having sex, and we see, like, 
a silhouette of Michael Shadow like walk past them while they're having sex. Uh, they're interrupted by Lori, who calls them. And was it Lori that called them? Something yeah, called Lori. Yeah, so they were talking to Lori, and then once they're done having sex, um, Linda's like, "Go get me a beer." So he leaves to go. He's like, "Puts on his clothes, go get a beer." He's moving around in the kitchen, looking at stuff. He opens the beer. He hears a sound. He starts opening things to investigate it. Thinks it's his friends pranking him. He opens that one like closet door, and Michael just like pops out, chokes him, takes his kitchen knife, and just like impales him to the wall. And I have to say, kitchen knives aren't that strong. Where if you stab someone through a wall, it keeps them elevated. Unless you're Michael Myers. Unless you're Michael Myers, that you like, you you, it penetrates so deep with and with such strength that you just stay hanging hanging there like it's that like grip, some bro. Artwork on the it's wall. that grip. And I have to say, I always loved his little his head little head, his little head tilt his head tilt. Like he's admiring his his work. That he has to look at it from like another angle, or that he's just like, he's just like thinking about it. He's just like, hmm. Could have been better. <laughs> it's the first time we see any like humanness to Michael in that quick little like tilt. A little half tilt by the legendary Nick Castle. Yep. And then we cut back to Linda, still in a parent's bedroom, and they're bed naked, and we see, we see someone appear with. A sheet over them that has the holes cut out with Bob's glasses over them. So we know it's we know it's Michael because we just saw him kill Bob. And she thinks it's Bob. She's talking to him. See anything you like? What's the matter? Can I get your ghost, Bob? Where's my beer? So annoyed, she picks up the phone and calls Lori. But when Lori is slow to pick up, Michael goes over and starts to strangle Linda with the telephone cord. And Lori's hearing this, but she's thinking that they're pranking her by making sex sounds, or yeah, they called yeah. her to so they can so she can listen to them have sex. Which is dumb. I don't know why anyone would ever do that. And so then we cut. So Lori's like, ah. So she puts Tommy and Lindsay to bed. And now she's just like, she starts to think over about everything that Tommy said. And then the weird phone call she had with, with Lori or Annie a few minutes ago. So then she decides, I'm going to just walk over to the Wallace's house. She sees no lights on. And she decides... Maybe I'll still go in because maybe Annie is inside. But I'm like, if the lights are off, that means everyone in the house is either gone or asleep. That does not mean you walk your ass into someone's house. Well, she's, she's, she walks upstairs, going to the bedroom, and then she finds Annie's body sprawled across the bed with Judith Meyer's headstone above it. Still don't know why he was lugging this headstone all around town with him but he had it so 
Well, that's why you had the car for. The head's done around. Yeah. Which, by the way, which, by the way, the scene of of Annie of Annie uh, and the tombstone and the bed. I remember that that was the the the, the cover, the the art that they used for the back of the Halloween box for the VHS. I remember that. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. So she screams, but she screams, and she doesn't, like, run out the house like I would expect her to. She just silently screams and starts to back out slowly. She turns around, she finds Linda and Bob's body in two separate co closets. Well, now, um, well, she runs into the hall, and Michael just, like, appears and slashes her on the arm, and that's Which, when... Which, by the way, he, he appears from the shadows. Yep. So you uh, that cool scenes when she's just backing up, and he just, his first, the first thing you see is his, like, white mask against, like, the dark, black, like, black backlight, and that's, like, a perfect yeah. shot. So, yeah, now they're, like, fighting each other. This is this is the big like climax because she's running away from him. She kind of messes up her ankle. She's still running to the back door, but the door handle is like it's blocked with the garden rake, and she's trying everything she can to like smash through the door. She finally gets it. She screams and she's running down the neighborhood asking for help. Add a clip of her screaming down, asking neighbors for help. But these neighbors are hardcore ignoring her. So no, seeing that the neighbors won't help her. Like, even one neighbor, like, turned off the lights on her. That was disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> so now she's running back to the Doyle's house, and but Michael's, like, walking behind her. She's banging on the door. She can't find her keys. Now, Tommy, who's been trying to warn her ass all movie, is now, like, slowly waking up to open the door. So Tommy lets her in. Yes. They're in. Lindsay's up. They're like trying to run, run, run. She tells them to like go hide. And she locks them in the bedroom, comes back down. The phone is now dead because, you know, it's a phone line. He cut the phone line. Of course, every single killer in this situation cuts the phone line. I, I don't know how. You, but from my like obsession with true crime, they all used to do that. They all used to cut the power line before they like robbed the house or. Went to go kill you because without the phone you can't call for help. Michael appears in the living room and Laurie stabs him in the neck with a needle, which should have been fatal, but like or extremely damaging that you got stabbed in the neck like that. But it he falls, you know. Laurie Dude, goes, if that would have happened, like you stab him, and even like. You might think he's dead, but you still run the fuck out. You don't know, like Whoa. stab and then she like did. she Ooh. she watch it. She had to go get the kids. I relax on she the couch. To, she had to go get the kids, and then she hid in the closet. Um, but then Michael comes and starts like breaking the panel, and she's like cowering in terror. And then she gets a coat hanger, and she stabs him with it. He drops the knife. She picks it up. She stabs with the stomach. He claps on the floor again. So this is like the third time she stabbed him. 
And I'm like, why isn't he hurt? Like, he should be bleeding. Yeah. He should be wounded, but he, he falls again. So Lori goes get the kids and tells them to go run, to go get help at the nearby house. And, you know, they, they leave. They run. But as they leave the house running and screaming, Loomis sees them and he runs. To, he goes to the direction that they just ran from. He goes towards the, the, the Doyle house. But then, in the Doyle house, Laurie's just like there. She's still in the house for some reason. Making that sigh release. I'm like, no, lady. <laughs> like, this man trying yeah, to kill you. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Like, you leave the house with the kids. Like, you don't stay there. Like, your ass should have been gone. But she doesn't. And she stays there. Michael gets up slowly. She doesn't hear him. Even though he, he's really close by her. And he begins to strangle her. And that's when Michael, that's when Lori rips off Michael's mask and we get a slight glimpse of her, him as he's like frantic to put the mask back on because he doesn't want to be without the mask. He never kills without a mask, without his mask on. Yeah, that's true. Until Halloween 2018. Well, actually, well, I guess he didn't have a, he didn't have a mask on when he killed the mechanic, but we don't, we didn't see him. So he's put the mask back on and he goes to get her again, but then at that point, Loomis walks in and shoots Michael six times. And each time he shoots him, Michael's like backing up, backing up, and then he falls over the house. He falls off the um, second story balcony. Which again, should have been fatal. So then Loomis goes up and Papa Lori and then she Loomis goes over to the balcony, looks down, and Mike was gone. Yeah. But the reaction shot is like, Loomis knew that was going to happen. And it just ends with them like hitting, showing all the places that Michael had been with him Breathing with his over. deep breath. Now, I do say about that last shot with Loomis, they shot that scene twice. The reaction shot. Oh, really? Why is that? Carpenter told Pleasant, I want you to do it first with a complete look of surprise on your face. Like, what the fuck, where is he? And then they made him do it again with the, uh, I knew this was going to happen look on his face, which is the one that they used. Because mm-hmm. he wasn't sure how he wanted it to go. Like, But he went with the, I know this is going to happen reaction, which I think works better. For quick little stats, um, this movie was made on a budget of 300000 to 325000 but made seventy million back in rev in, in in box office. Wait, so it cost in the thousands and it got seventy million back? Mm-hmm. Oh snap! Yeah, talk about a return on investment right there. Yeah, a big one. Huge. Big one. So, and that's surprising because the movie came out in nineteen seventy eight, but the sequel wouldn't come out until nineteen eighty one. So it was like a little two two or three year difference. But before we get to that, you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, easily, this is one of my... Okay, so I have my three favorite characters of all time, right? One is Luke Skywalker. The second of course. Is, Ca- is Captain America, Steve Rogers, from the MCU. And the third one is Michael Myers. I absolutely love this franchise. Uh, I love this first movie. 
Uh, and I, I, yeah, this is my favorite one, uh, for sure. So, lots of, lots of. This movie helps me un- enjoy kind of the Halloween season more too. So, yeah. I definitely watch all the Halloween movies, all of them, even the ones I hate. I watch them um during Halloween season. Yeah, like I said, this movie ha- this movie has helped helped me enjoy Halloween season a lot more. It, it makes me look forward to it. And and as you may have seen, I've shown you some of my Halloween collection, like a few NECA figures and stuff. So you should post some of those on our um, on our Instagram page. All right, yeah, I'll, I don't mind sending you some photos. Well, for me, um, I don't know if this is my favorite one in the other franchise, but it's definitely up there. Like I love this movie. It's the first horror movie I ever saw. It has very sentimental, nostalgic feel for me. This is the one movie. What's the one horror movie besides Candyman that still to this day freaks me out? Because after we watched this, I was paranoid for the rest of the night. Like every sound, <laughs> every creak, everything, I was jumpy. It still has an effect on me because it's still just like a guy. Because in the first one, he's just a random psychopath stalking random people. And it's like, that could be anybody. Like, he's fixated on her because she walked up to his house to Justin off. And so from the first movie perspective, that could have been anybody. That could have been you. That could have been me. That could have been anyone listening. So that, so when I watched the first one with that, it still, still freaks me off. Yeah, kind of, kind of going off exactly what you said. Uh, John Carpenter's original vision was just Halloween 1, and that was it. And it was just going to be Michael Myers kind of killing anyone in his path, really. There was never going to be that fam- family co- connection. He was the boogeyman. In, the my, shape. in my research for this, um, nope. I found out that um, John Carpenter had a movie that he made way before this one that was kind of similar to... What what became Halloween? Uh, I forgot what it was called, but I do remember that um, it was about this guy who was stalking this woman, and he would like watch her with a telescope. He would stalk her around, and then one day he finally put on a mask and went to go like kill her. Oh but, snap! But she fought back. She overpowered him, and he went flying over over her balcony. But she lived in a high rise building in like downtown city area. Yeah. So he fell like a good couple feet, like at least from like oh, 30, that dude, definitely, definitely. 30 second floor or something. But it was, when I mean, you watch it, it's like, oh, I can definitely see where, like he, he like took from his own like short film and like expanded it into Halloween. So I got to check that out. I'm going to search research yeah. that after this. And after uh, this the original title for this movie was going to be The Babysitter Murders. The Babysitter Murders, yeah. But I'm glad they uh they changed that because up until this point there was no movie that had ever used the name Halloween in its title. Wait, what was that? Up until this point there was no movie that had ever had the name Halloween in its title. So this Oh movie, yeah. So this oh movie, yeah, that's why I was like for the when when my sister bought it, I was like, Oh, it's gonna be a kids movie, trick or treat, candy, all this sort of thing. And ooh, I was in for a rude awakening. This was definitely an iconic movie. It still is, always will be. Kicked off the career of um, Jamie Lee Curtis, who went on to become a noted scream queen. Queen, uh, because after this, she went to go do um, 
The Fog. She did Promenade. She did Terror Train. But that was all in like 1980. Like after she did three horror movies in 1980. Um, she did Road Games in 1981 before she struck her back around to Halloween 2. So she did a bunch of horror movies in between Halloween and Halloween 2. We should also note that she is the daughter of Janet Lee, who is the first big iconic kill in the Psycho movie. And when you pull back the shower curtains and it, that was her mother. Her mother, who we actually see in the Halloween franchise. Incredible. And H2O. Funny how things work. And H2O. She pops up in H2O. I'll, I'll point it out when we get there. But final thoughts is, is this. We have a little system like to do, which is cash or pass. Cash is when we recommend a movie and we're like, yes, go rent this movie on YouTube, Amazon, go go hunt down the DVD. If you're a hipster and you want to watch VHS, go go buy the VHS or a pass. We're just like, pass. Don't don't waste your money to watch this movie. Don't watch it for free. Don't even watch a clip. Just completely avoid this movie at all costs. Don't even read a synopsis. Completely pass it. So, Kennedy, do you cash or pass? Easy cash. Easy cash for me. Even as someone who was a huge scaredy cat for horror movies early on, I really appreciate this movie. So, For me, it's always going to be cash. This is a great movie. This, If you love horror movies, you have to see Halloween. Like, Even if you're a casual horror movie fan, you have to see Halloween because everything that we... Everything that we kind of complained about, about running up the stairs, tripping, and I'll be right back, or if you have sex, you die, all pretty much starts with Halloween. Like, everything we still see in, in modern horror movies comes from this 40-year-old gem of a movie, so... Yeah. Cash. And like I said, for me, like, 20 years later, like, to this day, I just think of Michael Myers in my head and I have to like get on my phone and you know watch some random video to kind of take and my you head know, off of what's it. worse is that <laughs> we live in Illinois where this movie is set. oh yeah you're right <laughs> so that always made me a little more like oh he he's he's like he's he, around here <laughs> he's in a neighboring burb he could actually come and get me <laughs> but I do say the big plus for this movie is there's not really gore or blood and everything is Good, like the camera work. We didn't talk about, it, but the camera work with how they use like the light and shadows, and how the music all builds. Like all of that is Michael Myers, not just like him on screen, but the music, the lighting, the the camera work. All of that builds attention. All of that makes Michael scary. And it just has a fantastic fall atmosphere. Of, yes, uh... with the leaves. And everything. The overall environment and looks, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I do say that they originally showed this movie with no score. With no what music. do you mean? There was, like, no... Like, they, he... In Test Audience, he showed the movie with no score. Oh, And snap. they didn't find it scary at all. So then he went back and he recorded... You know, for most of his movies, John Carpenter, like, does the score himself or with someone. Mm-hmm. So when he went back and he composed the score... And he went back to add it and re-showed it again. Now with the music, everyone was freaked the fuck out. So the music and all that really helps set the tone of the of the film. 
And you said you have the Michael Myers like theme on your phone. The yeah, dun, I do. Dun, 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 I love I love that version. But when we get to part four, I'll have my complaints then. Cause I don't know what the hell what they did to the, to the theme. They added like guitars and shit. Can you hear it? Yes, I'm gonna have to download. I'm gonna have to buy that. That make a great theme tune. It might freak me out if I'm getting late call, late phone calls, but. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dude, no! You got the, you. Yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> so, thank you everyone for for joining in and listening to us talk about Halloween 1978. We hope you can join us next week as we talk about Halloween Two, which came out in 1981. Uh, good one. Two, three years after the first one. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Goodbye. The Hide and Feel Horrors Podcast is a Letters to Media production. Should we do an intro?